there's all this external stuff that can take over our time and can take over um, our energies. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the people who you love and who love you who are going to create the memories with you and who are going to be there for you. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours, but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth. Wealth of time, wealth of impact, wealth of family and relationships, as well as financial wealth. True wealth is what I'm really all about. And this journey has been full of ups and downs for me. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from being a poor boy born to a single mother in North Africa with no money, no connections, only hard work, persistence, and even more hard work, to a European Ivy League business graduate and an expert on seven different psychological therapies with a great job. Still, I've lost everything twice, but I refuse to give up. So now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. On this podcast, I'm privileged to interview hundreds of amazing people from members of the Forbes Technology Council, Google executives, Amazon, Microsoft, LinkedIn C-suite executives, to Fortune 100, to Financial Times reporters and people from Harvard University, Cambridge, Stanford, even from the Vatican Church, congressional candidates, and decorated veterans, or just beginners wishing to make a difference in this world, all are welcome here and thank you all so much for the support after all this hard work of publishing a new interview every day this podcast is now ranking highly on apple in the entrepreneurship category top 200 in san francisco top 100 in australia top 100 in singapore top 60 in germany top 50 in canada top 50 in the united kingdom and top in many other places so please share this podcast with one new person today, because when they listen to this podcast, they'll be in very good hands. And if you are interested in my marketing consulting or podcast mentoring services on how to use podcasting as a powerful tool to research and find your perfect product market fit, send me an email to mentor at storybonding.com or on Twitter at NoCodeWealth. Let's begin. My guest today is Fernanda Gracioli from the University of Maryland College Park to being a researcher at UC Davis, to a director at NeuroCrew, to a founder at Ritio, actively raising capital for that venture, to a managing director at Eximio LLC, partnering with non-technical founders to power their businesses with software and other digital systems, Fernanda is a maker, building in public and the brain behind IndieStack, the number one private community for digital makers 
bootstrappers, indie founders, and solopreneurs. Fernanda, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm really excited about this, and I will begin with my most favorite new question, which is this. Fernanda, these days, in this period, what seems to be the thought that keeps on returning to your mind, demanding that you think about it, whether it's something to improve, something that you want to change, or something that is just really important? For me these days, specifically in the past few months or so, the thought that keeps coming to my mind is to create content. Um, I have been on a mission to create as much content as I can in the next uh, in the next four to five months. And hopefully the for for two reasons the first reason is so that i can get better at it so i can become a better writer so i can become a better speaker and the second reason is for everything that follows that uh for the you know for the the, the following for the customers um for the business itself thank you and if you had to choose one to speak more about is it about becoming better as a writer and content creator, or is it more about the stability and the growth in your business? So it's, I don't know if it's a more about one or the other, but primarily right now, as I stand here, it's to become a better writer and speaker um, because I, I think I'm, I'm okay with writing and you know it comes pretty naturally to me but speaking does not come very naturally to me and I think that before I can achieve the goal of you know for that content creation is an actual asset for my business I have to become good enough at it that I feel confident to put it out there and to really have people see me doing those things, right? Um, so I think primarily so that I can become better at it. And that's why I'm putting in the daily reps every single day. I either write or I or I speak. Um, and hopefully in four or five, six months, um, I will have built up the confidence to really put it out there and to really have it make a difference for my business. Thank you. And since this is more introspective, I will challenge something. I'm going to propose a thought and tell me your thoughts on it. Okay. You, you are not your followers nor your customers. If they were like you, they will be fellow community builders and solopreneurs who are your competitors <laughs> rather than your followers. So in many ways, you are not the best judge of what is the best content for them. Your role is to show up, to give the very <clears throat> best content and let them tell you often it's the thing you think is weak that resonates with you. Or in my experience, sometimes I think, you know, I just put it out there and then I think, okay, this uh, episode wasn't as good as the others, but people tell me, wow, I resonated with that one so much. And I'm like, why? But then it's not my purpose or my role to do that, to choose for them or to force my value system on them. It's my role to show up, propose something, and see what happens because there are too many factors. We are not the in the brain of other people. Or another metaphor that is somewhat related, but it's not exactly about this specific topic, but it is at the same time. If you're if someone is bleeding 
because of a car accident and you can take them to the emergency room. Do they care if you show up in a Ferrari or in a beat up car or do they care about getting to the emergency room? What do you think? Of course, they care about getting to the emergency room. So we're trying to wait to build that perfect Benz or Ferrari machine before we help people enough and, and show up fully to help people get to the emergency room while people are bleeding right now, waiting for you, even if you say it wrong. Does it have to be beautiful or does it have to create the inside that think, wow, I'm not alone or wow, there is a solution or wow, I can trust this person who is perfectly imperfect. What are your thoughts on this? Share as much as possible. I proposed my perspective and I look forward to yours. Well, I actually completely agree with everything that you just said. And, you know, in your introduction, you said I I build in public, which is exactly you know, it's exactly what you just said is I am building something, I am creating content. And even though I'm not yet great at it, um, even though, you know, I feel that I could get a lot better at it, um, I'm already putting it out there, right? Like I'm I'm already publishing it. I'm already, um, everything I do, I immediately publish it. Um, and people have gotten a lot of value from it already. Uh, I completely agree that there's value to what we say, even if what we say is not beautiful um, or is not said beautifully. Um, So yeah, definitely no, um, no differences in in thought there. Um, I, 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 the, the uh, idea of becoming a better writer, a better speaker um, is really just for my own confidence levels, right? It's just really for my own um, edification, but in terms of, of helping people who need help right now, uh, I absolutely agree that it doesn't have to be perfect before it's put out there. And to your point that my followers are not going to be, um, you know, the people who who are also my competitors. Um, the the community that I that I run right now, IndieStack, is actually for indie makers, which I am an indie maker. So uh, the a lot of the content that I put out is actually exactly for people like me. Um, so in that sense, you know, my following is kind of people who are just like me. Um, but yeah, I, I've been putting things out. I've been, um, you know, I have not been waiting to, to be perfect. I, I completely agree that you should not wait until to be perfect before you actually start putting yourself out there. I love that. It's only because you said in six months, you'll develop the confidence to do things like at full scale or show up fully. And therefore, I have to ask you, from your own perspective, what does confidence mean for you? For me, confidence means, for example, writing up an article or writing up a newsletter, looking at it and saying, okay, I feel like like if I like if I had to put money behind promoting that, I would feel good about it. You know, um, I think that's what confidence looks like for me. Or, or looking at a video that I did, or looking at an interview that I did with an indie maker, and saying that was a good interview. You know, and I know that it'll it, it's not a linear. The pro the progress is not linear. It's not like in six months I will all of a sudden have a bunch of better interviews. You know, it's more of like looking back at it and saying, I feel that I did the best job that I could have done 
you know, in that specific thing. Um, right now, I look back at it, and most of what I think is there's a lot of improvements to be made, and I just keep going. Um, so again, it's it's a it's a process, right? It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to I'm never going to reach a point where I don't think I can improve anymore. Um, but being able to look back and really be proud of the work that I that I put out there, like that's to me, that's where the confidence will come in. Thank you. So if I understood you correctly, it's reaching a point where you write something, present something, or do an interview, and think in that point in time, I did the best I could, and therefore I'm proud of what I did. And of course, that I can improve over time, but I am satisfied. Even if I put money to promote it, I will think, yes, this is, feels right. Correct? Yeah, correct. And to make sure that this is rational rather than a pattern from like childhood or something, do you have parts of your life or other areas where you're proud of what you do each time? Or is that critical voice coming everywhere? Uh, that's It's something I've struggled with a lot in my life. But I have gotten to the point where there are things that I do that I am very proud of. Um, so this the last project that I had, so the um, my project radio, which you mentioned in your intro, it actually uh, just shut down recently. Um, I hadn't changed my LinkedIn profile yet, but um, I was very proud of the work that we were doing there. Um, day to day, you know, I had gotten to a point where I knew exactly what I was doing. Um, things were, were progressing well. Um, I felt good about it. It got to a point where I could look at every day at the end of the day, I could look back at my work that day and I could say, I'm proud of what I did. Um, so while that was a pattern for that, that critical voice was a pattern for a while. Uh, it definitely, I, I've kind of broken free from that. Um, in most, in most cases, I think in some cases it's still kind of, um, it still kind of follows me around a little bit, but I've, I've dissociated the thought from the belief. Uh, so I know that there will be critical thoughts that come into my mind, uh, but I dissociated that from the belief that those thoughts may be, you know, completely true. So like you said, like I try to take a more rational approach to it and just counter that voice with, I am doing the best that I can. I am doing good work. Um, and, and use those beliefs to fuel my my future and to fuel uh, my work rather than the critical thoughts. I love that. To feel your future, to distance yourself and dissociate the belief from the thought. And let's go a bit further. Would you like to play a small imaginary game just to dive a little bit deeper into this and get some insights from your future self about that could be advice for you today? Sure, let's do it. Okay, close your eyes. Imagine that actually you found the ability to travel in time, but rather than be another replica of yourself, you can be in yourself in the future. And imagine you float and go to 10 years from now when your life went all perfectly, everything around you in your personal life, in your business, in your social impact, in your relationships is ideal, even better than you could have wished. 
feel yourself in that body in you in 10 years from now totally fulfilled and look back at today and say what needs to happen for you to arrive to that point and what do you believe to inside compared to what you believe today because of this journey that you've successfully went through and will keep going? That is a big question. <laughs> um, if I were to put myself in that position 10 years from now, I would say that the main thing that would have to happen would be that I would have to be consistent, consistent in my efforts to grow my business, consistent in my efforts to create content, consistent in my efforts at home to be the best parent that I can be. Um, I think that one of the things that has held me back a bit is that I have periods of very intense productivity, very intense um, uh, insight and and yeah, pr just productivity. Uh, inspiration is what I'm trying to say. Intense periods of inspiration. And I have also lulls where I have a harder time creating things. I have a harder time continuing with the work. Um, and I think that consistency is going to be the key for me to really unlock the success that I want to unlock both in my personal life and in my uh, professional life as well. Thank you. And before I take that as a given, are there areas of your life where you have consistency or is it often that there are moments of inspiration and high productivity followed by lulls where it's hard for you to keep in those areas of all kind, not only in business, it could be when it comes to your health, to dieting, to working out, to art, painting, hobbies, anything. Is everything inconsistent or are some things in your life still consistent over years till today? The only thing that I have been able to be truly consistent about day to day is my, my dedication and my interaction with my children. Um, I'm able to show up for them every single day at the best capacity that I can um, and do the things that they need me to do. Everything else when it comes to professional health, um, even sometimes emotional health, um, it is it, it has been inconsistent. And I have periods where, you know, the the sort of explosion in in productivity and inspiration really carry me through the periods of lull. But I think that if I could continue to be consistent through those periods um, that I could get so much further. Thank you. And think more about your consistency of showing up to the best you can show up for your children every day. Feel that and tell me what is different about that experience that allows you to be consistent that might not be in any other. I think it's the stakes. Um... I feel an enormous sense of responsibility and of um, dedication to my children. Uh, I feel that I am their primary and really only chance at building a healthy uh, mind, a healthy perspective on the world. And I take that responsibility extremely seriously. And so 
there is no option. There, there is no other option but to show up for them every single day. Whereas everything else, uh, I feel that if there are periods of inconsistency, if there are periods of lull, it will not uh, carry the weight that it'll carry if I if I don't show up for my kids. Thank you. And how is that? How can you relate it? content creation and the success of your business in a way you didn't think about before to your responsibility for your children and being the only chance for them to have a healthy mental state and to be the person who shapes them in that way. Well, how does it impact their future and the way they perceive you or could perceive you someday if you're not consistent with content creation. This is this is like an intense te- therapy session. <laughs> I appreciate the questions. Um, I think that's a question that I need to dive in on on my own a little bit more. Um, I think it's a very important question that I'm thinking about how they will perceive themselves. Um, but I think that there is a very important question in there about how they will perceive me and how that example from me will in turn shape uh, who they become in the future. So um, I appreciate the question. I don't think it's a question I can answer right now, honestly, um, without giving it some some real honest thought first. Thank you. Actually, yes, it's a very important question. And maybe another question that can be helpful in a different from different angle. When you are being consistent with content creation versus the lulls, what is different about those two experiences? Do you have a different thought in your mind, a different voice, a different feeling? Or how do you know you're in a lull? And how do you know you're in a pro- period of motivation, inspiration, and high productivity from your own embodied experience, emotional thought, or way of seeing the world? Yeah, so um, it's it's definitely a mind, you know, if I'm to kind of embody the person I am when I am full of inspiration and ready to, you know, work, ready to really move forward, um, then I would say that my mind is sharp. My mind is, um, it's able to concentrate very well. Um, it's focused. Uh, whereas when I'm having a lull, my mind is, feels dull. Um, I don't feel that I can focus and there are other worries in my mind. So, you know, a lot of the times these, these moments, coincide with moments where I'm having a lot of stress in my life and it's hard to keep both the consistency of running a business with um, also attending to the stresses that are going on in my life as well. I love those metaphors. So a sharp mind versus when there is stress, your mind becomes dull, correct? Yes, that's correct. And since as humans, we know how to sharpen dull objects, What are other ways that maybe you haven't explored before that allows you to sharpen your dull mind when it's dull? Yeah, so one thing I'm experimenting with now is, and that has worked for me in the past in different circumstances, is building habit. Um, So instead of 
instead of waiting until my mind becomes dull in order to try to sharpen it in sort of an artificial way, um, using this time that I have now where I, where I am feeling the inspiration and I am feeling the, you know, the, the ability to be consistent, to build a habit so that when my mind does become dull, the barrier to achieve the goal that I want to achieve day to day uh, is not so high. And because it's already a habit, it's an ingrained part of who I am um, rather than something that I have to do, something that I have to get over my dull mind in order to do. Um, so that's what I'm experimenting with now. Um, I have not figured out a way, to be honest, um, in my 30 plus years of life, I've not figured out a way to sharpen my mind um, when it's dull. You know, I, I've tried exercise. I've tried reading. Um, I've tried walks outside. I've tried all kinds of different things that people recommend. And really, when I am under stress and my mind is that dull, it is nearly impossible to get me past the barrier. Thank you. And is your mind getting dull the only reaction possible for stress? I have a complicated uh, relationship with my mental health, so it's it's not the only reaction of stress, but it is, you know, when we're talking about productivity in business and um, showing up consistently for these types of things, um, the the dull mind is is the most prominent feature of dealing with stress. Thank you. So let's play a little bit more. So your mind can be dull because of stress, and it's almost impossible to get you over the barrier, correct? Yeah. What kind of barrier is that barrier? Um, I'd say it's the barrier of, of um, concentration and of inspiration. So, for example, if I'm looking to write, let's say, a, a newsletter or write an article, um, the barrier is literally just getting the first few words down. Um, you know, I mean, I think even if I did get the first few words down, like just finishing it up, like it, it's, it's nearly impossible to actually put into action the thing that I'm trying to put into action. Thank you. So it's, there is no inspiration, therefore you cannot concentrate and therefore the barrier is starting. And even if you start, it's to keep on going that is the barrier, correct? And it's like, there is no inspiration, therefore concentration is not possible, and therefore the beginning or even continuing, that is the barrier now, correct? Yeah, I'd say that's correct. And therefore, if you are inspired, you can concentrate, and there is no barrier. Right. And if you are going to define what is inspiration for you, and think about like what elements cause you inspiration. Like what happens for you to know I am inspired because X, Y, Z. What would you say the elements of inspiration and the definition of it are? Uh, to me, inspiration really comes from an embodied feeling of just knowing what to do next. Like you know, when I'm sitting down to write something and I feel inspired, it feels like it just flows through my body. You know, I don't, there's, there's very little um, effort that needs to be put into doing something or saying something or writing something um, because it 
just sort of flows. Um, whereas when there's no inspiration, it feels empty. It feels like there's there's nowhere to draw from. So there's nothing coming out, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And let's play a bit more. Can you close your eyes? Imagine you're having a happy family meeting with the Fernanda who is inspired and the Fernanda who is stressed out with the uh, it's empty and the mind is dull. Can you imagine that? And tell me yes. Yes, I think I can imagine that. Can you ask first the Fernanda inspired with a sharp mind and tell her, what advice do you have for me about this? Then share, what does she say? Um, what advice do I have for the dull Fernanda about inspiration? No, first for you right now about how to get more into that inspired state. Um, that's, that's a, yeah, I, I don't know. That's, if I knew that, I, would, I wouldn't have this problem. I have not figured that out yet. Perfect. Ask the doll Fernanda and tell her what is the purpose because it's doing something that it's trying to protect you from something or to help you in some way. Ask her, what are you trying to do to help me by being dull and having that barrier? I think that, I think that maybe the purpose of being dull and having the barrier is to force dealing with whatever else is happening that seems more important at the moment. Um, that would be my guess as to why my mind sort of shuts down in those moments of stress. Thank you. And can you imagine seeing at the other end of the table your kids and then tell the doll Fernanda that this way doesn't help them and ask her, is there a new way that she can help you without dulling your mind? Um, yes, I think I think that perhaps making time, maybe compartmentalizing a little bit more. So making time to deal with those things outside of the time that would be given towards work and towards consistency. Um, tell her this and tell her, does she agree to this plan? Um, you could make time for self-care and for dealing with the stresses instead of letting the stresses take over the entire time that you're supposed to be doing your consistent work. Um, can you promise her that? I think I can certainly give it a try. Well, then ask yourself, what is in the way of you committing to that? Because she's telling you the solution she wants, which is what will work. So try means there is a possibility of failure and there is something in the way. What is could that be? I think the thing that's in the way is just the fact that I've never been able to do it before. So it's a, it's a, it's a disbelief that it's actually possible. Perfect. Imagine now you're little Fernanda, like a really small child. She's a little scared. Hug her, tell her I love you, and then ask her, why do you feel that disbelief? Because it comes from there and she will tell you the answer. But make her feel safe and loved in every way. Um, maybe because when little Fernanda 
had to deal with those things. It was all consuming and um, it's it's been all consuming ever since. I, I little Fernanda never um, learned the the coping skills to really make it more compartmentalized and make it so that it would it would have its own time to heal rather than be all consuming. Rather than be all consuming, and imagine near you there is a very positive, kind figure who is the part of you that will protect little Fernanda and make sure she's safe and never consumed, all consumed, no matter what. And tell me, what is that kind, benevolent figure? Um, Like as in a real person? Can be anything that will come and will be nice and good inside your psychology. That's a hard question. Um... Ask little Fernanda, say, who do you trust to protect you in this world? And whatever she says, make it appear. I only trust myself. It would have to Perfect. be me. Bring that Fernanda from 10 years from now. It would have to be that Fernanda from 10 years from now. That's, yeah, exactly. Ask her, would she protect you, guide you, and totally protect little Fernanda always? And make sure you're both will have the happy ending and perfect life that you want. Uh, Yeah, I can see that happening. And now speak with Adol Fernanda and tell her what does she want to say to you now after these changes? Um, That this is this is a good start towards a a commitment can be made. Um, This is this is hard. This is a good start towards change. This is a good start towards change. Yes, and ask her what more needs to be there for it to be a full commitment. I think it's a it's gonna it's going to be a process of doing a little bit at a time and seeing that it's possible. Um, I would be dishonest if I said that I you know I can com- I can certainly commit to implementing that the next time that something like that happens. Um, I can't commit to succeeding at it, but I think that with a little bit of success towards that goal, I can start believing that it's possible and hopefully that'll have a snowball effect and turn into something that is just second nature. Thank you. And why not focus on doing the part and letting go of the results and believing I did the things correctly and therefore that means I'm proud of what I have done because I cannot control the outcomes. Is this a possible idea? Yes, that's a possible idea. Thank you. And can you take your time to hug little Fernanda and tell her you love her? To hug Dol Fernanda and tell her you love her and accept her 100% no matter what? And hug the sharp Fernanda and then get hugged and feel love with the Fernanda 10 years from now and hear her tell you she's proud of you. I can certainly do that. And now can you have a group hug with your children too at the table and everyone just full of love and happiness? (laughs) Yeah, I love it. 
and take a moment, don't rush through it, just take like 20 seconds or something and feel that each part of you is loved, accepted, and they will take care of you and protect you so you'll never be all overwhelmed or all engrossed or encompassed again because you're not alone. You have a team with you, the team that will not let the stress go in too deep anymore. Yeah, I can feel that. Thank you. And as you feel that, please share some advice that you think the world needs to hear so that more goodness, more good life, more happiness is so precious. Happiness is so rare these days and we need more of it. Just share your own. It will be, of course, triple for you needed, this advice, but also good for the world. Um, I would say cherish the people you love. Um, if really at the end of the day, there's, you know, there's business, there's projects, there's, um, there's all this external stuff that can take over our time and can take over um, our energies. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the people who you love and who love you, who are going to create the memories with you and who are going to be there for you. Um, and if you take time out of every day to appreciate them, to uh, cherish them, to make them feel loved and to allow them to love you as well, um, that that'll improve your life uh, tremendously. Um, and years from now, 10, 20 years from now, when you look back, those are the moments that you're going to remember. Um, that, that would be my advice. That's how I tried to live my life as well. I agree with you 1000%. Thank you very much, Fernanda. It was my own privilege. And can you share your social media or places where you write or anything like that? Because you're not just building in public, you're therapeutic in public, which is great. So uh, can you share how people, if they'd like to connect with you, to speak about how you move them in any way? And I will make sure to write some of those in the description. Sure. Um, I'm on Twitter all day. <laughs> um, my handle is hey Fernanda with two Y's. Hey, H-E-Y-Y, Fernanda. Um, on Twitter, my DMs are open. Um, you can also email me at heyfernanda at hey.com. Again, hey with two eyes. Um, I'm always open to to meeting new people, to hearing from people, um, to answering questions. So this was a very personal <laughs> um, podcast interview, and I, I appreciate the questions. Um, it was it definitely made me think. But yeah, if anybody wants to connect about it, I'd be happy to talk. I'm a very open person. Thank you very much. Me too. I'm on Twitter at NoCodeWealth. And I have a question to you about hey.com. I've been curious about using it. Why did you choose it? What is your experience with it? And why not any other kind of service? Just my own personal curiosity. It's not an advertisement for them. I have no relations with them or anything, but I've been thinking about it since it's pretty innovative from what I've read. Yeah, um, I when they first came out with the service, I was pretty excited about it. Being an early adopter as I am, I, I'm always jumping on these new things. Um, 
it turned out that their feature where you can screen out emails was very useful. So basically you don't see emails that you don't want to see in your inbox. Um, and then maybe like once a week you can go and you can see the emails that were screened out and kind of sift through them at your own convenience. That was the first feature that got me interested. However, I was ready to not pay for it again um, uh, about you know a, a month or two ago when it was about to renew. Um, I wasn't going to pay for it again. And then they came out with their blogging feature where you can literally just email yourself or email hey at world at hey.com um, a blog post and people can subscribe to it just like Substack. And I thought this is a brilliant feature that's going to take away all of the tech nonsense out of writing. And it's literally going to make me write every day because there's zero excuse for it. There's no excuse for not writing anymore because the tech is completely cleared out of the way. Um, so I renewed it and I actually just published my very first newsletter today. I'm going to publish daily from now on. And it's literally just going to be sending an email to myself. And I kept the, I kept Hey because of that feature. Thank you. So it's like people subscribe and then you email yourself and it's sent to them as an email um, that goes to their inboxes or how does it work? Because you said the tech is totally solved. Can you describe more? Because I'm not familiar with this feature. Yeah. So, um, so you email yourself the post and the post is published online immediately given a URL. So it's like, hey.world.com slash hey Fernanda, something like that. Um, so you have a link immediately to, to share with people. And then at the end of the link, at the end of the post, there is a place where people can subscribe to your to your posts. And you can choose the next time you send a post to send to your subscribers as well. So um, when it's just like Substack where when you post uh, a new newsletter, it immediately goes out to your subscribers and it also gets posted online to its own URL that you can share on social media, for example. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time and this time together, Fernanda, and I wish you a great, great day. Thank you. It has been wonderful. I appreciate all your questions. Mm -hmm.